0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. How are you guys? Everybody good? What a good day to be here. Pastor Stormy is in Oklahoma. He's with his longtime friend, Pastor Rick Burke. They're celebrating their church's 10th anniversary, so he is down there, up there, preaching, And uh, he's missing us, so we're going to get into the Word of God this morning. If you do not have a Bible and you would like to read one, we have Bibles available. Our ushers are in the aisles, if you'll just raise your hand up. We want you to make sure, okay, that what we say, we don't just give you our thoughts, our opinions, but we want you to look it up in the Word of God. This is where we're going to grow. We're going to talk today about going deeper in the things of God. And part of that, we're going to find out, is getting into His Word. So, Father, thank you for revelation from your Word in Jesus' name today. You know, a lot of people, when we uh, just keep your hand up and maybe they'll see you. We need a Bible? Okay, we're good. You know, a lot of people, they have this desire and they come to us as pastors and they're like, how do we, how do we get where you are? How do we get into this deep relationship with God? And a lot of people are like, or maybe I used to have this and I don't have it anymore. What can I do to get back to that place? And God has a very specific plan for us to grow in our walk. See, once we ask Jesus into our heart, now that's step one. You need to do that. Then he wants us to be on this lifelong journey of growth. And let me just give you a little hint. You're never going to get off that journey. I'm on that journey. Pastor Stormy, our staff, every one of us are on a journey of in growing deeper with God. If someone ever comes and they're like, well, I'm way up here and I've already attained and you're way down here. Mm-mm. We are all growing. We're all growing. And part of that is being humble. The Bible talks about humble yourself in the sight of God. And we are all, there's not one, okay, that's above anybody else. There's not one color of skin greater than anyone else. There's not one gender, The Bible says we're all one and we're to humble ourselves and grow in the things of God and grow deeper with him. That's our goal in Christianity is to have this kind of relationship that every day I step deeper and deeper. I love that song that we sang about oceans because I can just imagine in my mind being on the shore and way out there. If you've been to the ocean, it's the unknown. And I don't usually like water that I can't see all the way down. But God is calling us to go deeper and to step out with him and trust him with our lives. Trust him to take us to a place that he knows we're going to go to that is good for us. So good news is we have a way to get to that place. Some of us, it's like, I could never do that. I could never go farther i could never be like so and so who seems so spiritual yes you can there's things that we can do see the way to grow a relationship with god is through practicing something called spiritual disciplines this is a word you probably haven't heard much in the church because it's not that well thought of a lot of people are like ah that's kind of done away with it's not Spiritual disciplines, what are they? See, discipline scares most people, that word. Especially, and I'm not talking about the kind of discipline like spanking your kids. I'm talking about disciplines that we incorporate into our life. Things that we do. See, most Americans, we don't like that word because we're addicted to something called comfort. Americans are the most addicted people ever. Addicted to being comfortable and feeling good about ourselves and not being made to feel uncomfortable. See, part of the word, the meaning of discipline is an activity or experience that provides mental or physical training. So if we're talking about spiritual discipline, this is activities and things that cause us to grow spiritually, to be trained spiritually. Spiritual disciplines are activities and practices that we do that lead to spiritual growth. They're habits that we incorporate into our daily lives that create space for God to move in us. See, our world is moving so quickly, so quickly, and it's filled with so much chatter always. Facebook and Instagram and TV and music, and there can be stuff going on all the time. But these spiritual disciplines will make space in our lives for the Holy Spirit to have room to work in us. And, you know, we have to allow that. That's a choice that we make to allow God to come in and give him that space. That's what these spiritual disciplines do. See, the Apostle Paul said this about disciplining himself. If you would turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So turn in your Bibles, get your Bible app open on your phone, look at the Word of God. The Word of God is our life. It's our breath. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, back in the middle of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul is writing. This whole chapter is about him giving up his rights. First Corinthians chapter nine, verses twenty-four through twenty-seven says, "Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win." All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal. Prize. I discipline, oh wait, excuse me, verse 26. So I run with purpose in every step. Every step should have purpose in our lives. We're not just flailing around, oh well, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. Run with purpose for that eternal prize. Verse 27 I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. See, Paul knew that it took training. He knew that you don't just one day show up and you're like, oh, wow, now I'm spiritual. Now I'm grown up spiritually and I know all these things. No, it's a day-by-day, step-by-step process of growing, training yourself. I have a picture that they're going to put up here. This is uh, my daughter, and she's a coach at Trinity High School here in town. And this picture was taken after this team of hers, this was a year ago, March, after they won three state championships. Three. Now, these are white girls, which makes it even more surprising. But I will tell you, they didn't just get up one day at the state tournament and say, okay, now we're going to go out and play good basketball and we're going to win the state tournament. These girls, I watched them. They got up day after day. And my daughter's pretty tough to play for. She had them there at 6.30 a.m. practices. You know, when you get sweaty and stinky before school. They practiced after school. Every day, they did those fundamentals. So when the state tournament came, you know what? They were ready. They had trained. They had prepared. They'd done everything they knew to do. So when they went out and they got the ball and they took those steps to make that layup and someone was right there in their face, you know what? Most of the time, they made it because day in and day out, they had trained. They had practiced That's just like our lives, church. We've got to practice day in, day out. We have fundamentals that we need to learn. We have to do every day. Don't just wait for a crisis and then try to figure out what you're going to do. Every single day, we have to do the things that it takes to grow in our relationship with God. Spiritual disciplines are these practices that Christians have used for centuries To draw close to God and allow his spirit to transform him. These are not new things. In fact, if you go back and look in the 1900s, in the 1800s, even back to the disciples, there were things that they did daily, weekly to grow in their relationship with God. This isn't some new formula. This is straight out of the word of God. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. So go a few books to the right. 1 Timothy chapter 4. God is calling us to a place of drawing deeper with him. When we regularly practice these disciplines, it takes us from that shallow place of just knowing about God in our heads to a deeper place where we're experiencing his spirits. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. It says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Boy, there's a lot of that out there on Facebook. Arguing about things, I'm like, you know what? What does it matter? The Bible says, instead, train yourself to be godly. Take your finger right now. Everybody has one of these. Take this finger that so many times we use to judge people. A lot of times this finger we say, you didn't do this for me. Sometimes we use it and point to our parents or that ex-husband or someone, that teacher. We say, you didn't do this. But I'm going to have, what does the Bible say? We're going to be biblical. Take that finger and point it at you. And say, train yourself to be godly. Now, if you say with attitude, you'd say, train yourself to be godly. That's what God is calling us to do. Train ourselves to be godly. Verse uh, 8, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. The amplified set of verse 7, it says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. In other words, you teach yourself to walk in the ways of God. You take practical, intentional steps to allow the fruit of God's spirit to be birthed in you. Each one of us have to take those steps. See, I'm going to tell you a little bit of my testimony. Grew up in a great home. My mom is here with me today. They raised me in a great home. They loved me. They took me to a Methodist church, and I learned methods. That's what the Methodist church is good for. And when I was 13 years old, we had a great pastor at our church then. And I remember he, he was the only one who had ever really got my attention, and I could understand what they talked about. And so when I was 13, we did this thing called confirmation class. And have y'all ever done that? Catholics do that too. And we went through this, and we learned about these different things. And at the end of that class, I remember, they took us down to the front, and they prayed for each of us. And I think they sprinkled us, because, you know, that's what they do in the Methodist church. And I remember I made a decision for christ and i asked him to come into my life and it moved me but i didn't do anything at that point to grow and in methodist church form every four years those pastors move on and guess what that good pastor that i really connected with moved on and a really bad one i remember he was pretty terrible came And I went right back to doing what I had done before, sitting with friends in church and writing notes and not paying attention. And I began about a four-year process in my life of making bad decisions. I did things that I wasn't proud of. And then when I was 17, Stormy's brother had started the church in Clovis back in the early 80s, and it was really wild. Any of y'all that um, grew up in that early 80s when spirit-filled church, it was, I had no idea what was going on. But I went in there and I could sense God drawing me back. Drawing me back to a relationship. And at 17, I recommitted my life. And I will tell you, it was a darkness to light experience. I was a senior in high school. And I will tell you, my friends had no idea what was going on. I went from going out with them on the weekends and doing things, won't say everything because my mother is here, lots of bad things, and I changed. And I completely did a 180. But I will tell you, even at that point, now I did get married, that's a whole other story. Quickly after that, we went to Bible school. But I so wish somebody would have taken me by the hand And said because I was young I was young in age I was young spiritually and I didn't have anybody who said I want to invest in you and I want to help you to grow I had to figure a lot of things out myself and I wish I would have had someone to lay this all out but you know what God has a plan he has a plan for each one of you and you may say I'm not proud of my journey I don't like where I am now in my life, but God has a plan, right? All right, let's keep going. So how can we incorporate these spiritual disciplines, these ways to grow in our lives on a consistent basis? How can we do that? It's this process of spiritual discipline. See, growth comes when we do specific things every day and we are mindful about them. You know what being mindful is? Thinking about it. It's like when we eat. So many of us, we want to change our health, but then we just mindfully eat whatever is right there in front of us. It's the same thing spiritually. We have to intentionally do things every day and be mindful about it. You know, most Christians in America who call themselves christians they just show up to church once every three weeks that's the average they show up they don't serve they don't give they just slip in slip out of church god is calling each of us to a deeper walk And we believe this church is different, and there's other life-giving churches here in Lubbock that are trying to change that tide and teach the Word of God so that people can have a deeper relationship with God. See, how are you ever going to grow if you eat one meal every three weeks? If you're not feeding yourself spiritually every single day, you're going to starve. And we know starving people don't grow children that aren't fed food that aren't given love and nourishment they don't grow god is calling his children us to grow deeper with him so i'm going to give you a list i'm a li- how many of y'all like lists some of you don't it's okay i'm going to give you some of these spiritual disciplines and it's not all inclusive So for all of you perfectionists, just realize this is going to be the start of your list. So each of you, when you came in, you should have got one of these with you. Our ushers have them. If you didn't, if you'll just slip your hand up, they'll get you one. But this is, and in fact, I will tell you, I got it all. I worked on it all. I got everything. And then I gave it to the girls to run off. And as soon as they ran copies, I'm like, shoot, I should have put this one on there. So, don't think this is all inclusive. The back is blank for a reason. Because God is going to speak to you, and I believe you're going to have some things that you need to write down for yourself, things that you need to do. So, let the Lord speak to you through what we're going to go over these disciplines that we're going to talk about. So, we're on this list, there are eight. But again, this is not all inclusive. There are more than this. We're going to quickly go through these. Being part of a church body, tithing, giving, worshiping, being in community with other believers, studying the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God. We're going to talk about a lot of these. And these are things that you can do every day to grow. So you all ready? We're going to go fast. Number one, solitude and silence. This means spending time alone with God listening for his voice i will tell you this one is hard for me i like to do i'm never just sitting like my husband can sit and watch tv and not do anything else i i don't know i just don't do that i usually have five different things i'm working on if i'm watching something Uh, and i'm not i'm a real verbal person so me to be quiet is also quite a thing But God has called us to be still and silent. In Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God and I will be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world. So there are times when he's called us to be still and to be quiet in his presence. And the purpose of that, again, is for you to hear his voice. You have to turn off all the other stuff. Don't have your phone right there because it's going to inevitably someone's going to need something right then. Spend time alone with God. The second spiritual discipline is prayer. Speaking out your heart's desires and asking God to move in others' lives. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Let me tell you, prayer is not hard. Don't think, well, I don't want to pray out loud. I don't want anybody. I don't know what to say. You just talk to God like he's your friend because he is. And it doesn't have to be filled with these and thous. God knows your heart. Just talk to him where you're at. Tell him what you need. I love that verse. Tell God what you need. Pray. What should I pray for? Everything. Pray about Everything. The third spiritual discipline is one, ooh, this is a hard one for Americans, fasting. Going without food or some other pleasure for a set period of time in order to pray and refocus your mind. You know, the, at the beginning of every year, we do a church-wide fast. We do a corporate fast. How many of y'all have participated with, with us in that? Pastor Stormy does a great job teaching about that, and it's something that we gather together and do. And again, it's a refocusing at the beginning of that year. It's a a focusing on God, getting our mind off of ourselves and everything we want and seeking God. God, we want to hear your voice. What do you want, God? I think we should fast regularly. You know why? Because it gives us dominance over our flesh. So many times our flesh just wants to, everything it wants. Ooh, there's a donut, I want that. Ooh, there's a show on TV, I need to watch that. And when we fast again, it's laying things down and picking up what God wants. And I will tell you, it will break strongholds. Sometimes, some of you have dealt with some strongholds, you need to Fast. Let's look and see what they, say, they said in the New Testament. In Acts chapter 13, now remember the book of Acts is how they were building the early church, the New Testament church. So it's our example of New Testament churches. Acts 13, verse 2 says, One day as they were worshiping God, they were also fasting as they waited for guidance. They were waiting. How many of y'all need the Lord to speak to you about an area in your life? You need some guidance. The rest of you don't. We all need that. So they were worshiping. They were fasting. They were waiting. The Holy Spirit spoke. As they were doing these things, then the Holy Spirit spoke. There's something about denying ourself that loses God to speak in our lives. You should try it. Number four, Sabbath. This is another hard one for Americans because we like to work hard. We are hard workers. Sabbath. If you look at Acts chapter 13, Sabbath is intentionally refraining from work on a regular basis in order to rest and renew. So let's look at the pattern that the New Testament church had for Sabbath. Acts 13, 44, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Boy, that would be a big thing, wouldn't it be? If the whole city came together, and what did they do on the Sabbath? They heard the word of the Lord. Acts 18, 4, each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue trying to convince the Jews and Greeks alike. So where were they at on the Sabbath? wherever the church was gathered. Now, they didn't have a lot of church buildings like we do, especially in Lubbock, Texas, where it seems like there's a church on every corner. We're blessed. We're the Bible Belt. Acts 16, 13. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some of the women who had gathered there. See, the Sabbath is about gathering together together to hear the word of the Lord and a day to rest and renew. Now, I will tell you, there are some people that are like, you know what, I just need a day off. I just need a day off. And in their minds, they think the Sabbath is not coming to church. But I will tell you, if you're going to be scriptural, hearing the word of God is the first step to resting and renewing. We think if we stay home and stay in bed and watch reruns of Grey's Anatomy, we're going to be refreshed. But I will tell you, you're not. When we come, something happens when we come. And I, I, I'll tell you, it's not just because I'm one of the pastors here. Wherever I'm at, I need to hear the word of God. I need to gather together with other believers because there's some, something that happens corporately. When we gather together, Sabbath rest happens in our lives. Something happens when we all gather together. I loved the story. Um, Ashley, Pastor Oscar's wife, this past Wednesday, she wrote on Facebook that uh, she works hard. She, her and Oscar are both working. She doesn't get off till 5.30, has to go pick up the kids, get home. He's already gone to church because he has worship practice And she said, you know what, I'm tired, and I just want a night off. So she said they weren't going to come to church, her and the girls. So she's doing doing her thing, and if you know Cadence, their five-year-old Cadence, you never have to wonder what she's thinking. I like that in a girl. Cadence went in, and who knows how she knew it was church time, but she said, Mom, we've got to go to church, and Ashley told her, well, we're not going to go tonight. We're just going to stay home. And she said, Cadence was like, Mom, we have to go to church. And Ashley said, okay. She came, even though she was tired. And I love, she wrote that she was so glad that she came. See, a lot of times we can be tired physically. A lot of times we're mentally, because how many of you work around some people that just wear you out? How many of you live with some people, don't raise your hand, that just wear you out? I will tell you, when we come in to corporate worship, there's a rest. In Hebrews, it talks about that, a rest for your souls that happens, that we need that church. Yeah, it's easy to sit at home, but we need you here, and you need to be here. God has a rest for you. So Sabbath is one of the spiritual disciplines. Number five, Bible reading. Reading God's Word on a daily basis. Um, Proverbs 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. If you've never read Proverbs, if if you don't know where to start in your Bible reading, Proverbs is a great place to start. Someone told me this way, way, way back, and I did it for many, many years. They said, if you'll just read one book of Proverbs every day of the month, you'll read through the whole book because there's 31 books. And it's a book of wisdom. Listen to this, Proverbs 1, 1 through 3. It says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. The Bible will teach us what's right, what's just, and what's fair. And let me tell you, find a way. Find a system that you can use to study the Bible. Whether that's you just pick up your Bible and like I said, you read one proverb a day. Don't use the excuse, I don't know where to start. Here's a hint. Go to the New Testament, and you can start in the book of Matthew. That's a great place. I love, this is called a one-year Bible. If you really want to get yourself disciplined, it will take discipline, because this big old book, you read it through in one year. If you've never done it, I will tell you, it's life-changing. Now, I like one called the Chronological Bible, Because what it does is it puts everything in a timeline of when it happened. And the first year I read this, I had such a better understanding of the Word of God. Now, I will tell you, get a Bible that you can understand. Get a version that you can understand. See, when I first gave my heart to Jesus, it was only the King James Bible. And I spent a lot of time, I would read it, and then I'd have to stop and translate it in my head. And say, okay, what is it? What are they saying? Because a lot of those words are words, are old English words that we don't use anymore. So I got a a version. The New Living Translation is one how I would speak. And I began to fall in love with the Word of God. And it's a discipline every day, it tells you read these places. How many of you have a phone? There's an app out there and it's free. A church in Oklahoma, Life Church, came up with this app called YouVersion. And you can put that on your phone and you can have the Bible and all its translations available at any time. So that means, like, if you're in Walmart and you saw someone and you wanted to say a prayer with him and you're like, wait, where's that scripture? What does that say? You can look it up. There's even like a little question mark thing and you can search. This app can be with you everywhere on your phone. Take your Bible with you. Put the word of God in you. This is something my brother-in-law said probably 30-something years ago and I've never forgot it. He said, you put the word in you when you don't need it. So it will be there when you do. See, too many times we want to wait till crisis happens. Then we're like, oh God, I need you to speak. And we like drop our Bible open and think the magic scripture is going to jump out. You put the word in you day after day after day. And sometimes you're going to think, I don't know if this is doing any good, I still have this problem, I still smoke, cuss. I still cuss and I don't want to, I will tell you, you keep putting the Word in and you keep practicing these spiritual discipline. And I will tell you, it's like turning. Some of you are like the Titanic, it takes a long time to turn. Because you've had a lot of years going in that direction. But I will tell you, the Word of God will begin to turn your life and turn your life. See, I'm 30-something years into this. And I can tell you, at 17, I didn't think I would be where I am today. But day after day, putting the word of God in, doing things to grow spiritually, and your life will turn, and God will fulfill the dreams that you have. We're getting close to the end. Number six, worship. Praising God for who he is and thanking him for what he's done. See, worship is giving back to God. Most people think, well, it's just singing. Singing is part of it. It can be kneeling. It can be raising your hands. That's a new thing for a lot of people. And did you know that giving is part of your worship too? Because, again, worship is giving back to God. He's given so much to us and worship is a surrender it's an outward show of what's going on on the inside and it shows on the outside that's what worship is there's 529 references to worship in the bible a lot Deuteronomy chapter 10 says you must fear the Lord your God and worship him and cling to him. Your oaths must be in his name alone. He alone is your God, the only one who is worthy of your praise. Psalm 48 9 says, oh God, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. Psalm 66 4, everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name. In glorious songs, we worship God to thank him for all that he's done for us. To give us back, give back to him what he's given to us. Number seven is called reflection. Reflection is thinking about God's word, prayerfully considering a scriptural idea, and applying it to your own life. Applying it to your own life. So you know what? You're hearing a message today. You come in here, every one of you that come on Sundays and Wednesdays, whether you sit in youth or the adult service, even in the kids' classes, you're hearing the Word of God. But there's a next step to that, and it's reflecting on that. It is taking that Word from up here and getting it into your heart. How do you do that? I will tell you one of the things that I do is whenever I'm in a service, I make sure if I have, I have my, I have a little uh, holder and it has my Bible and I always have a journal with it. And I write down, I've got this journal out of my cabinet. It's one of my older ones. And I can look back. Oh, in February of 2012, this is what the Lord said. This was the word. During the week sometimes. How many of y'all were here last Sunday? Man, you talk about a powerful message. Get Jonah out of your life. Last week, pastor talked about that. You can go back and you can say, what was that scripture that he used? You reflect on it. You write it down. Let me tell you, something magical happens when you write something down. Guess what? You remember, right? You remember it. They talk about when I was a teacher, we had to learn about all the different ways of learning. You see it, you hear it, you write it. Some people have to like, they're tactical and they need to like, that's why the Bible says, taste and see the Lord is good. The more that you have it in front of you, it's going to get in your heart. You're going to be reflecting on it. And when you need that word, it's going to come out of you. So we reflect on the word of God. That's one of the spiritual disciplines. Something happens when we write things down. And then the last one I'm going to talk about, again, not, this list is not all-inclusive, but the last one is service, serving others in a tangible way to bless them and glorify God. So I'm going to read Philippians chapter 2. I love this section of Scripture because at the top of my Bible Philippians chapter 2 says, the attitude, it says, have the attitude of Christ. How many of you have some attitude? And it's not of Christ a lot of times. Well, you know what? We need to read this section of scripture. Have the attitude of Christ. So what's his attitude? Let's look and see. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Verse 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. The way to beat selfishness in your life is through serving. Serving. If you think, man, I feel selfish. I'm addicted to myself and my own comfort. The way to, the cure for that is to start serving somewhere. So let's see what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45. Jesus said, so he called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Have you ever met those kind of people? They think they're all that and they make you, they let you know you're down here. They make you feel about this big. Jesus is saying, don't do that. You know those people, verse 43, but among you, church, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here's something. Remember this thought. It's going to be up here on the screen. When we serve those who can never repay us, it breaks selfishness off our lives. See, a lot of times we're like, I'll go do this because that person can do something for me. Ooh, they have good connections. I can go and help them with this activity, and they might give me a job. Ooh, these people have a lot of money. Let me go over and help them. I'll tell you, when I started going to the orphanage 10 years ago, I saw what it was like to serve people who could never repay you. And a lot of times, they may not even say thank you. But it doesn't take going to another country. You can walk right down this hallway. Wednesday night, I walked down to our three-year-old classroom. And I saw our teachers in there with great attitudes. And those little kids, there was one new little girl in there. And they were like, okay, let's all sit down. And they were going to have their snack. And they were going to learn their lesson. And you could tell it was all new to her. She didn't know what to do. And the teachers were helping her. They were serving someone. You know what? That little girl might not ever say thank you. Her parents might not say thank you. But God sees. Jesus said, if you want to be a leader, you serve. It's one of the disciplines. I will tell you, you're not gonna get up a lot of times on Sunday morning or come on a Wednesday night and say, Yay, I get to work in the nursery tonight. Sometimes we come in and we're tired. Sometimes we're like, man, I don't want to put up with those teenagers' attitudes tonight. I cannot go down to youth and serve. But I will tell you, we discipline yourself, you train yourself to be godly, something happens in us. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com